Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Abandonment to Divine Providence by Jean-Pierre de Caussade, S.J., Book 3, Chapter 4, Section 2, Diversity of Grace. The afflictions which the soul is made to endure are but loving artifices of God, which will one day give it great joy. Souls that walk in light sing the canticles of the light. Those that walk in darkness sing the songs of the darkness. Both must be allowed to sing to the end the part allotted to them by God in the great oratorio. Nothing must be added to the score, nothing left out. Every drop of bitterness must be allowed to flow freely at whatever cost. It was thus with Jeremiah and Ezekiel, whose utterances were broken by tears and sobs, and who could find no consolation except in continuing their lamentations. Had the course of their grief been interrupted, we should have lost the most beautiful passages of Scripture. The spirit that afflicts can also console. These diverse waters flow from the same source. When God appears angry, the soul trembles. When he threatens, it is terrified. The divine operation must be allowed to develop. For with the evil, it carries a remedy. So continue to weep and to tremble. Let restlessness and agony invade your souls. Make no effort to free yourselves from these divine terrors, these heavenly troubles, but open your hearts to receive these little streams from that immense sea of sorrows which God bore in his most holy soul. So in sorrow, for as long as grace requires, and that same grace will gradually dry your tears. Darkness will disappear before the radiance of the sun. Springtime will come with its flowers, and the result of your abandonment will be seen in the admirable diversity of the divine action. Indeed, it is quite useless for man to trouble himself. All that takes place in him is like a dream. One cloud chases another like imaginations in the brain of the sleeper, some sorrowful, others consoling. The soul is the playground of these phantoms, which follow each other with great rapidity, and on awaking it feels that in all this there is nothing to detain it. When these impressions have passed away, it takes no notice of the joys or sorrows of dreams. O Lord, it can be truly said that you carry your children in your arms during this long night of faith, and that you are pleased to allow an infinite variety of thoughts to pass through their minds, thoughts holy and mysterious. In the state in which these dreams of the night place them, They indeed experience the utmost torment of fear, anguish, and weariness. But on the bright day of eternal glory, 
these will give place to a true and solid joy. It is at the moment of and just after the awakening that holy souls, returning to themselves and with full right to judge, can never tire of admiring and praising the tact, the inventions and refinements of loving deception practiced by the divine spouse. They understand how impenetrable are his ways, how impossible it is to guess his enigmas, to find out his disguises, or to receive consolation when it is his will to spread terror and alarm. At this awakening, those who, like Jeremiah and David, have been inconsolable in their grief, will see that in their desolation, they have been a subject of joy to the angels and of glory to God. The bride sleeps through the bustle of industries and of human actions, and in spite of the sneers of skeptics. In her sleep, she will sigh and tremble. In her dreams, she will pursue and seek her spouse, who disguises himself to deceive her. Let her dream. Her fears are only born of the night and of sleep. When the spouse has exercised her beloved soul and shown forth in it what can only be expressed by him, he will develop the result of these dreams and will awaken it at the right time. Joseph caused Benjamin to weep, and his servants kept his secret from this beloved brother. Joseph deceived him, and not all his penetration and wit could fathom this deception. Benjamin and his brothers were plunged in unspeakable sorrow, but Joseph was only playing a trick on them. Although the poor brothers could see nothing but an evil without any remedy, when he reveals himself and puts everything right, they admire his wisdom in making them think that all is lost and to cause them to despair about that which turns out to be a subject of the greatest joy they have ever experienced. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God are guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here. Ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dreams sometimes can be so vivid and so terrifying and so powerful that we almost think we're awake. They're so strong and so palpable that we begin to fear. We begin to desire something. We begin to feel some kind of hope. And even in our sleep, we can almost wish they weren't happening. And we can wake up 
with anxiety. We can wake up even sometimes angry. So vivid can the dream be. And so when we hear tonight in the reading about dreams, Father de Cossard really wants us to remember and reflect on what dreams can be like. Why? Not because he's telling us to pay attention to our dreams, no, but because he's using it as a comparison. He's saying that all the things we're undergoing, no matter how dark or light, they can be compared to a kind of dream. In other words, just as a dream can seem so vivid that we are almost sure as we're going through it that it's real until we wake up. And even then it takes a little bit of a time to realize we're awake and that that didn't happen. And sometimes we really have to convince ourselves that what we are dreaming about is not real. So the things we're going through, the terrible things, sometimes the loss of a loved one, sometimes some incredibly bitter loss, painful loss, terrible disappointment, some kind of deception, some kind of cruelty. All of these things in some way will pass. All these things in some way will be set right. And God wants us to keep our eyes on him. He wants us to look beyond all the pain and the darkness. He wants us even to look beyond the lights and joys and realize that God is doing something very beautiful. All the contrasting things, all of the contrasting things, all the different events, some dark, some light, some happy, some sad, some short, some long, different intensity. It's like he's producing some beautiful painting. And he alone knows how each thing is part of the masterpiece. Come, Holy Spirit, fill us with faith and hope and love. Fill us with knowledge and wisdom and understanding so we might run faithfully the race that's set before us. And remember that one day every tear will be wiped away as the Lord does some beautiful thing, even if it seems to us scary and dark and difficult. All things work for the good of those who love God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.